0: Last week, we went over five things I did every day in 2018 that healed my mind and my gut. We went over John Maxwell's Rule of Five, which is a rule he developed that says successful people know the five most important things they need to do every day to be successful, and they do those things. If you have not listened to last episode, I strongly encourage you to head over and listen to episode 11. It is a great complimentary episode to today's episode, and 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 will help give you tools to prioritize the most important things you can do each day. But in today's episode, we're going to go over another rule of five, and it is a rule of five in relation to relationships. It goes like this. You are the average of the top five people you spend time with. This quote comes from Jim Rohn, but I first heard it from John Maxwell because, of course, I am a John Maxwell junkie. This has to do with how the top five people you spend time with, you become like them, you think like them, your values shift to become values like theirs, and you act like them. But what does this have to do with the gut? Our guts are incredibly responsive to their environments, both the things that we put in it, how we are sleeping, how we are acting and behaving, and it's also sensitive to the people we hang around. And so in today's episode, I'm going to dive in to how you can curate your top five relationships to get the most optimal health in your gut. Are you guys ready? I am so excited to bring this episode to you today as we go through our October series on relationships and mental health. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel healthy and vibrant again by finding the root cause of our gut health problems. My name's Allison Jordan. Marathon runner, functional medicine practitioner, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of the Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're gonna go beyond popping a probiotic and checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for life. If you're ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. One of the reasons that I wanted to create a podcast episode and series on mental health and relational health for the Better Belly podcast is because I so frequently see people diving deep into all manners of chemical and physical and biological Topics on how we can help our gut, or what might be going wrong, or what are you doing wrong with your diet? And yet, even though we talk about how there is a connection between the brain and the gut, I find that people either don't believe that it can actually help them, or they're just not given the tools to help themselves. And so today's episode, I hope that as you're listening, that you engage with some of the action steps that we go through towards the end. I really strongly encourage you. This is something that can really, really help your gut. Your gut is so connected to your brain via the vagus nerve and via hormones and endocrine signals, things that are constantly, our gut is constantly getting signals of how is the rest of us doing? Is this a good time to be digesting? Should it be kicking out digestive enzymes? Does it need to be stopping its peristalsis? what is going on. And so I really strongly believe and I've seen in my own life huge changes as I have grown in my internal leadership and I've grown in my ability and health with other people in relationships. So without further ado, we're going to look at how our top five relationships can make or break our gut. So what is first off behind our relationships. Well, first off, we have something called mirror neurons in our body. And mirror neurons are responsible for why we can calm down when another person looks calm, or why we get sad when another person looks sad, or why we get angry when another person gets angry. It's because when we watch someone, we have these neurons in our brain that scientists have called mirror neurons and they actually will fire off the same type of reaction when we watch someone do something or react in a certain way as if we were actually doing it. We have a similar brain response when we watch someone do something as if we were personally doing it. This is huge when it comes to how we develop behaviors and habits and skills from another person by watching them. And it also means that whether or not we want it, when we're exposed to how someone reacts aggressively in traffic or how they respond to tension or anxiety in work or how they respond to someone being kind to them or someone trying to hug them or care for them, how they respond is how we internalize and actually begin to program. This is how I'm going to respond myself in a sense similar situation. These are signals that our vagus nerve and our endocrine system are sending to our gut by what we see. So our brain sees certain things, we have these mirror neurons go off, and then our vagus nerve sends a signal down into the gut and says, hey, buddies, this is what's going on. So you might not be actually anxious or feeling aggressive or feeling calm by a certain situation. But if somebody else in front of you is, then you are going to actually put on some of those emotions. Scientists have found that one of the things that determines who a leader is in a room is everybody who everybody ends up modeling after in the room. So if you have the leader, for example, and not to be super morbid, but if you have a leader like Hitler, everybody ended up modeling after his emotions and his beliefs and his values and rallied behind it because he had the strongest emotions in the room. And one of the things that happens as we grow older is we either develop internal leadership where we are leading our own emotions, or we are not developing our leadership and we are following someone else. We're always going to be following someone else ultimately. And the most important question is going to be, who are we following? All right. So you guys following me, we have our top five relationships, who we're following, how that rewires our brain, and how that affects our gut. Well, at the base, we want to go back to the principles of rewiring our brain. And there's a couple things that go on. We have something called neuroplasticity, which is our brain's ability to shift and be molded by repetition and by frequency. And so there's a couple principles. want to go over this. First off, when we're children, we're primarily wiring. It's, it's our first step at developing our language, our Our vocabulary, our accents, our muscle memory, our facial expressions, all these things are being developed at childhood, and it's all raw and new, and we we absorb it very quickly because it's kind of the first things we're exposing ourselves to. So your family of origin, your parents, your culture, all of that is having a really big impact on how you initially developed and what you're starting with now in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s. What is your base root? And that often came from your childhood. The second principle that that you need to know is that rewiring is harder than wiring. This means that you need to both unlearn something and then learn something in exchange and replace it. One of the things that I have seen and feel like I see in a lot of people that I work with is that we want to unlearn certain behaviors. I want to unlearn my anxiety, I want to unlearn my jaw clenching or my. My negative thought patterns, but the only way you can unlearn something is by giving yourself something to latch onto. You need to give yourself an exchange or relearn something. And so, not only do we want to be walking away and moving away from old patterns and habits in our thoughts and our behaviors and our language. Towards ourselves or towards others, we actually want to be finding a new way and a new place to model that after. And that's where our top five relationships come in. Our top five people that we spend time with, that we listen to, that we absorb their knowledge and their thoughts and their life, how they live, those people are going to be who we end up mirroring and creating a new life after. The next principle in rewiring our brain is repetition. When think about muscle memory, when you learn how to ride a bike, or you are learning how to maybe write with a pencil, or you're learning a new skill set like playing tennis, you need to create muscle memory so that you can your neurons fire exactly at the right length and all the the right strength in your muscles. Well, similarly in your brain, you have neuron pathways, and you want to have this reaction that when you come across something stressful or something that you used to perceive as stressful, maybe a facial expression from a spouse or a car cutting you off in traffic, that you have an old response where your neuron pathways go in a certain direction and maybe you used to yell at the car or get really frustrated or get really internally stressed and anxious and tense in your muscles, but maybe you wanna create a new neuron pathway. Well, the only way you can do that is by having repetition of intentionally when you experience a situation like that, intentionally saying, I'm going to create a new, new response. And then the last principle is doing it frequently you want to repeat this often and not rarely. So the more frequently you, for example, practice piano, the more often you have the opportunity to repeat your new muscle memory or your new neuron pathways. And the more frequently that you're engaging with someone who maybe used to make you anxious or make you upset or certain circumstances at work, certain circumstances at home that used to make you feel tight or anxious or angry, we want to also replacing those and practicing it repeatedly. Well, the best way to do that, honestly, is not just by putting yourself in and just creating extremely stressful situations that you then want to respond to in a different way, but actually watching someone else go through it who successfully can model how to go through a stressful situation and or an anxiety giving situation or an angering instilling situation and then handles it very calmly. So this is where your top five comes in. So if you're listening to podcasts and you're driving or you're doing something where you can't stop and write down, don't stop, don't write down. But if you are able to stop and pull out your phone, create a quick list, pull out a piece of paper, here is your action step for today write out the top five people that you listen and spend time with. And when you're thinking about this, I want you to think about authors, podcasters, speakers, leaders, your boss, your neighbors, your spouse, um, roommates, anybody that you are spending a lot of time with and that you're listening to them, you're being impacted by them. Maybe you're calling them for advice or you're reading their books, you're listening to their podcast. Seriously, write out. I'm going to even give you a moment. I wrote them out. I'm going to be sharing mine in just a sec with y'all, but write them out and look at each person. Who are they? What do they represent? What are their biggest qualities? What is their character like? Are they kind? Are they generous? Do they have an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset? Do they complain frequently? Do they have negative things to say about others or about themselves? Do they build others up? What are their relationships like with others? These are other things to consider on your top five. What are their lived out values? Do they have a value of wealth, generosity, or maybe they value control? Do they have values that are impacted by fear and, again, scarcity mindset? Do they value impacting others? And not only what are their spoken values, but what are their values lived out? When you evaluate their life, what do you learn about their values and the top things that they prioritize? And do you want to prioritize the same things? If they're married, what does their marriage look like? How do they talk about their spouse? One of the things that I love about John Maxwell is that while he's very professionally talks about a lot of stuff that are very business and leadership minded, he will bring up his wife rather regularly. And whenever he talks about her, he is always lifting up his favorite qualities about her. He's highlighting her patience and support in him before he was famous and before they were wealthy. He honors her abilities. In her skill sets. For example, apparently she dresses him and he says he's not a good fashion guy. And so she's the one who puts out his clothes or like packs his suitcase. So um, he says that he can look good. And it's so sweet. He's very honoring of his wife. And that's not to say that their relationship doesn't have tensions. But when he's speaking about her to a group of people, and I imagine when they're together, he is trying to build her up as her husband. Other things to consider in your top five people that you're spending time with or that you're listening to is, are they leaders? Do they take initiative? Do they take responsibility for their actions? Do they admit when they're wrong? And do they ask for forgiveness? Do they ask for feedback in their life? Are they humble or are they proud? And then other things to consider is, what are they successful in? Do they have a life you want? Not everyone wants the same life. What you want in your life is might be different than what I want in my life. And for your top five, do these people have life in mirror lives that you want? Whether it's the children that they have or the house they have, the lifestyle they have, the amount of money they're aiming to have. Do they travel? Are they digital nomads? Have they lived in the same town for 10 years or 20 years? What is the way that they live? Is How radical is their life or how consistent is it? Um, so if you want to be a digital nomad, I encourage you, have at least one digital nomad on your list that you are listening to, following on Instagram, that you're learning from, you're reading their blog, or you're engaging with, or maybe you're in their mastermind. If you want to be a world-renowned athlete, have a world-renowned athlete on your top five, or a coach. Either get that coach, or read their books, listen to them, um, make sure, maybe it's someone in your circle. maybe it is your current high school coach or college coach, get into their life. And if you value them, if you value their um, integrity, if you value their work ethic, if you value the way that they treat other people, follow them, listen to them, make sure that you're soaking in them. Because there are so many other influences in our lives that we could be soaking in, And we want to make sure that we are being intentional on how we cultivate and curate the top five people who are impacting us and that we're modeling and that we're allowing our mirror neurons to model. For me, I knew I always wanted two types of people on my list. I wanted mentally healthy ones and I wanted relationally healthy ones. It wasn't always so clear to me maybe what career they had or or how much money they had, all those things, but I knew that the two areas where I felt weakest were the areas that I wanted my top 5 people to be the strongest in. So I wanted people who were mentally resilient, people who could could handle... Situations that maybe caused me anxiety, but they could be calm about it. They could be joyful about it. They could be hopeful about it. I wanted people who had healthy relationships with their spouse, with their children, with their neighbors, people that who spoke highly of other people around them, people who showed up to work and didn't complain, but actually talked about good things that were happening to them, things that maybe seem really simple, but I realized I didn't always have in my inner circles that maybe my roommates or my my coworkers or my family members that I was engaging with perhaps spoke negatively or just they didn't have life-giving qualities to me, but rather I felt like I would walk away from them and felt like I had to either undo things that they had said or combat things and say, no, 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 that's not what I think, that's not what I believe, and go back to my top five. So my top five people before I was married were often my roommates. Um... There are a couple roommates I had that I didn't want to model, but there were, especially I was very lucky after many years of finding roommates that I had a good solid four years, four or five years where I had amazing roommates that, um, were able to model perseverance. They were able to model, um, consistency and hard work, getting up in the morning and positivity and being an encourager, being someone who listens well. Oh my gosh, I had so many roommates who listened really well to me and that really helped heal me so that I felt listened to and then also has now enabled me to continually be a better listener to other people, which is such an important quality. Um, my top five growing up I had a lot of stressful influences in my life. And the good news is that you can change. That's the good news. You might look back on your top five growing up and you're like, wow, yeah, my parents or my teachers or my neighbors or the other kids on the block, they were mean or they were insensitive or they were selfish or controlling. There's all these different options out there and maybe that influenced you, that made you feel fearful, that made you feel insecure, that made you feel um, anxious. But the good news is that no matter what age you are now, you can impact your top five and you can change your neural pathways, the pathways that your brain goes to when it experiences a certain situation and then what its immediate reaction is. Is it hopeful? Is it anxious? And of course, that's going to then affect your gut. All right. Are you guys ready? I hope that you have been thinking about your top five people, who they might be. Are they in a religious sphere? Are they in maybe your like close proximity to where you, you live? Are they far away? Um, are they an author? Have you you might have never met this person before, but maybe it's someone that you're absorbing. I want to share with you my top five people who are currently impacting me, what spheres they're in and why I want them in my top five, and why how I've sought them out in my life. So the first ones that I wrote down are actually my pastors right now. First name is Jordan and Christy. And one of the things that drew me to them is that they have a marriage, and even the way that they interact with their kids are totally different than anything I'd ever seen growing up. Um, one of my first interactions with Jordan was actually... I was in our church and I was in the, our kids ministry and Sunday school. And this was like years ago, um, when I'd first joined the church and I had never really had an interaction with the pastors, um, before and with him. And his son had done something to our male kids ministry leader that was just very dishonoring. I don't remember. He said, he said something or just was behaving very poorly the entire Sunday school. And so they brought Jordan down to talk with his son. And his son didn't want to really hear it, but it was so interesting. Jordan got down on his knees and like the first thing he did was just look his son in the face on eye level. And that first off just struck me very strongly of this is... Interesting. I had never seen a father. It was very tender how he sat down and looked him in the eyes. And I don't remember a 100% everything he said to his son, but I remember one thing that he said, and it was before he reprimanded his son or anything. He said, son, I want to apologize to you because on our way to church today in the car, I model to you dishonoring behavior And and harsh behavior in the car. And I believe that what you have done in Sunday school today is only because I modeled it to you first, and I want to apologize to you. And I was literally floored because I could not remember seeing any parent apologize to their children. And I remember thinking, I want more of this. What is the secret sauce to this? Even though he did, it doesn't mean he has a perfect son or perfect relationship as a father or like doesn't have room to grow. But it was something I wanted in my life. Um, Another thing about Jordan and Christy is that they're avid athletes, they run, they do triathlons. And I remember thinking, yeah, I'm an active person, I want to stay active. And even though they have five kids and a busy life, they fit in and prioritize athleticism into their life. And that was just a value of mine. And I wanted to know how I could keep doing that even after I had kids, which I don't have any yet, but that's something I know I wanted to keep on my list. So, I started a couple years later, I reached out to Christy, his wife, Jordan's wife and said, "Hey, um I know you run in the mornings. Can I run with you?" And we would start running together and I would share with her things going on in my life and ask her questions and ask for her for feedback and um really allowed them to pour into my life and sought them out. Um, that's one thing that I think keeps us from our top five sometimes is maybe there is a couple or there's a person in your life who you really admire. Uh, maybe it's someone in your workplace, a superior or someone who um, in your college or whatever stage of life you're at. And maybe they're even younger than you, but you really admire certain qualities. And sometimes the barrier between us and getting someone into our top five is maybe feeling embarrassed or feeling unsure, like, can I ask them for their time? Is that okay? What if they say no, all these different things. And I remember it feeling very awkward where it's like, oh my gosh, they're they're busy, they're clearly pastors, like, this is so presumptive of me that I would ask for their time. And they could have said no. Maybe they would have want to maintain certain boundaries, and it's not like they're always available. But I found times and ways that I could engage with them. And I even remember, now that I think about it, I even remember asking other people in church, like, how would you, if you wanted to spend time with them, what would you do? And they said, basically, find a way to integrate with their life what's already happening don't ask them to go to a coffee shop, they might not already have time for that. But like, what's something they're already doing. And so that's one of the reasons I reached out to Christy with running, I knew she already ran. And I just said, let me just merge with what you're already doing. So This is going to be relevant in a second when we evaluate your top five. And I want you to already start thinking, is there anyone in your top five that you don't want in your top five right now? And then we're going to think about who you might want in your top five. And then we'll think about how you can get them into your top five. All right. So my number two of my top five is Natalie Ekdahl from Biz Chicks, Inc. And in particular, I started um, engaging with her and getting her in my top five by listening to the Biz Chicks podcast. I started listening to that into 2018. I talked about that in our last episode, episode 11. But I wanted her in my top five for a couple reasons. First off, she talks a lot about mindset, imposter syndrome. She's a book called Reset Your Mindset, and she talked about that a lot in the podcast. And when I was first starting my business, I knew I needed a lot of mindset help. I just thought poorly of myself and really didn't have a lot of confidence and was constantly like nauseated by how unsure I was of myself, but knowing I still wanted to move forward in the business. So I would listen to her and I would work on resetting my mindset. I got her in my head more than I had me in my head. Every time I drove to work and then drove home, I was listening to the Biz Chicks podcast amongst a few other podcasts because I was trying to reset my mindset. I was getting a different voice in my head. And we talked about that in episode 11 as well of getting a different tape recorder. And that's part of what your top five people are is getting a different different thoughts in your head than what you currently have and that somebody else already put in there whether it was you, family members, like I said, teachers, somebody else growing up. Uh, My third person who's in my top five is Graham Cook. He is a a uh, business owner and a prophetic um speaker christian who runs brilliant perspectives it is a podcast there's books there's an app called brilliant tv i listen to the app right now almost every day um usually between 5 minutes and 15 minutes i'll have it running when i'm taking a shower or if i'm cleaning dishes sometimes when i'm driving um or doing laundry and i use that to again renew my mind there's a scripture in the Bible, uh, Romans 12:2, it says, "Be transformed by the renewal of your mind." And so we, we are our whole bodies, including our gut, are transformed when our minds are transformed. And I have so experienced this. When I went to college, I had a big shift in my gut. When I moved to Ann Arbor, uh, Michigan, I had a big transformation in gut. When I um, started attending the church that I currently attend, um, Antioch, where my pastors lead, and when I started getting new roommates and um, the next person who I'm about to list when I started living um, with my husband, that my gut shifted again. And that was because my mind and my, all of my mirror neurons and all the things going on, they were all shifting. And so I love Graham Cook. I love how he listens to the Holy Spirit. Honestly, he has reset my mind on honestly how to see different parts of scripture of the Bible and helps me really become a lot calmer of a Christian because as an Enneagram one, I want to do the right thing so I can get really obsessed with rules and um, what I should be doing or not doing. And really, like we're supposed to have a relationship with God. Um, if you're not a Christian, you can just listen to this and maybe find it interesting. But for me, that's a huge part of my physical and mental health is my spiritual health. And so I love listening to Graham Cook. And if you are interested, you can look him up for the Brilliant Perspectives podcast, five to 15 minutes of mind-renewing podcasts. I totally love it and totally suggest it. Then next, as I already mentioned, my husband, Jay. I knew before I got married that the person that I married, I had to approve of who they were and their values, everything we just listed, their character, their values, how they live, um, their integrity. Um, And so I was really looking for someone who I could look up to, who wasn't perfect. <laughs> um, and, but, but somebody that I knew either had qualities I lacked or qualities that I already had, but had them in abundance. My husband, he's an Enneagram nine. He is so calm. And I remember when we first started dating um, in 2018, or, oh gosh, it wasn't 2018. God, it was, guys, it was 2019. I knew him for four years, but we started dating in 2019. And I noticed that after we would go on dates, or as we were hanging out more and more, my gut felt calmer, guys. I don't even think my I've told my husband this before. So, Jay, thank you. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, I guess you're now learning. Um, and I remember thinking, "Well, gosh, this is so weird. A lot of times I would go on dates and my stomach would feel like it would go into knots, and I would hang out with this guy and I would feel so calm afterwards. And I remember thinking, "Well, I like this guy. My gut is way better off with him." And so, thanks, honey. I think it was just a good sign of how oh, the fact that he had a very, he had very healthy boundaries. He was very caring of me. Um, our first few dates, he made me food because he would say, well, like, oh, why don't, um, I'll just make you food and you can come over after work. And I was like, what? A guy wants to make me food? This is amazing. And so um, it was just less stressful because I didn't have to worry about making food for someone else or anything, which is I'm often prior to him had often been the person making food for other people really meant a lot. So thanks, Jay. Um, and then the last person, the last top five, I really had to think about this because this was I used to have, I'd say, my, my people have narrowed in the past few years of who I really pour in and let into my mind. So a fifth one wasn't as readily available, but I'd say um, what comes to mind is God, the Holy Spirit, and scripture, kind of those three together listening to God, listening to the Holy Spirit, having learned how to do that over the past few years. And it's not something that I grew up doing. I grew up in a non-denational um, background where we didn't really talk about listening to God. It was more like praying to him and then reading the Bible, but like, you can't hear God. And and I, I don't think that's what scripture teaches. It says that the sheep know the shepherd's voice and a stranger they will not follow. So being able to hear his thoughts towards me and his plans and his ideas have been incredibly helpful in me just calming down because I am not God. I do not know everything. And it has just helped me calm way down when I'm like, okay, I'm trusting someone else's plan. Um, Even as I'm also being very planful and initiative and, you know, being a leader and being responsible for things I'm responsible for. So those are my top five. Uh, Some of my past top five, which I also wrote down, John Maxwell. um, He's not in my top five currently, even though I refer to him a lot. But in the past, I was listening to his podcast every day. I was reading his books. Um, He's saturated me enough that I'm still talking about him. And I would strongly suggest the John Maxwell podcast, Leadership Podcast. It's a great podcast. All of his books are amazing. Um, Other people that impacted me in the past was a roommate of mine, Aaron. I still hear her voice in my head. She would always call me a big badass boss lady. And occasionally when I'm having a hard day in my business, I just hear her voice. She's like, but you're a big badass boss lady. And I'd be like, yeah, I am. (laughs) I've had disciplers in my life. Christiana, Elizabeth, Mary Beth, Tiffany, I still think about on impacts that they've had in my life through discipleship. And so many others. So I want you to now look at your top five and I want you to evaluate them. There's three questions that John Maxwell suggests you ask about these people. You can rewind and listen back to some of the questions I asked earlier, but um, here are three new ones, just really succinct. One is, what kind of thinking do these five people exhibit? Is it positive thinking? Is it negative thinking? Is it hopeful? Is it abundance or scarcity mindset? Number two, do they add value or subtract value? Are they people who are selfish or selfless? Do they add to the atmosphere they come in or do they take away? And then lastly, do they do what they say? Are they more than talk? Do they take action in their life? Do they live out the values they say they have? So now you have your top five, your current top five, and you are evaluating, are these people that you want in your top five? Do they have a life you want? Do they have character do that you want? Um, Do they have – are they someone you want to be modeling and mirroring? If there's anybody on your list that you don't want on your list – You can, I just start a new list, write down the people you want that you want to keep and then evaluate your gaps. How many gaps do you have? One, two, three, five. (laughs) And how do you want to fill those gaps? Do you want a spiritual leader in there? Do you want a relational leader? Do you want a business leader? Do you want a leader in physical health, maybe athleticism or mental health? Do you want a person who's maybe in your life? You might be listening to this and and you might be thinking of someone who is my Jordan and Christy, someone you already know, someone you already look up to, but but maybe you don't spend as much time with them as you would like. Um, write them down. Maybe there's somebody who you want in your life who is not near you or in your city, but they're an author, a leader, someone who has a podcast, audiobooks. Um, maybe they have a blog you can get on their email list. I know Christine Kane was another person. I was like on her email list. It was my favorite thing to get her emails for a while i followed her on instagram instagram stalk this person wherever you hang out wherever you're getting information um, whenever you are on your social media feed you want to refresh and see that person's positive posts not just the negative stuff that we see about news or politics or people being angry but the positive things that are going to give us hope in a future you want to absorb these people so evaluate your gaps Think about what type of leaders you want in that gap. See if there's anyone who already comes to mind. And if not, maybe do some research ask around, ask me, send me a message on Instagram in the comments or a direct message. Do I know anyone who has blank qualities um, that I would suggest following? Ask your community, ask um, if you have one person on your list who is a mentor, like ask them who their top people are that they've been influenced by. Do they have books? Do they have things you can engage with? Um. really, really want to get that top five so you can have positive influences every day that um, when we talk about your top five things you're going to do, two of my top five is read and listen. And so I know that I want to have material that I'm reading and listening to that are building up. Ultimately, all this is going to lead to your gut thanking you. When you have a healthier mind and you learn new neural pathways to respond to formerly stressful situations, your gut is going to be in a much better environment and you will not be tossed to and fro by circumstances, but you'll have a much stronger base because you have chosen how you want to respond to circumstances. You know that you are not a victim to your circumstances, but you. You are someone who has control of when you have a circumstance happen to you, how you respond to it guys, I hope you loved this episode. It was an episode I was looking forward to creating for a long time. I hope that your mind is filling with juices and thoughts and ideas of how you can create an even better life for yourself and for your gut. So I am so excited to share for our next episode to finish out October. We are having on Abby Herman. She is a client of mine. She's going to be sharing her testimony. She's been working with me for three months. She is a six-figure content email marketing expert who has worked with me to reduce her bloating, her gassiness, her tiredness, and body aches and pains. I'm so excited that Abby is more than willing to join us and share about her journey. We've already talked about her journey a little bit on her podcast, The Stories in Small Business, and she's going to come onto our podcast and dive deep again into what we found in her body and the changes she's already been able to find in such a short amount of time. I am so excited to have her on and I hope that you guys are looking forward to hearing from her next Thursday. And if you love this episode, I would love it if you would leave a rating and review for this podcast. It would mean so much and it helps other viewers just like you to find this podcast when you are able to leave a rating and review to share with others. And I cannot count how many times when I tell someone I'm a gut health therapist that they say, I know someone who needs you. If you thought of a friend while listening to this podcast, I would strongly suggest take a screenshot and send it to that friend with a love note to their gut and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. Other ways you can stay in the conversation is by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Better Belly Therapies. We love connecting with our listeners and it means so much if you drop by and said hi. And to finish off, remember miracles are immediate, but healing takes time.